He is worthy. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead. I'm going to give you a heads up because for some it may take a few minutes. I'm going to have you go to uh, a book in the Bible in the Old Testament, Lamentations. You don't see that on your refrigerator door often. Lamentations. And we're going to begin uh, in chapter 1. We're looking the next few minutes on um, another name of God. We're in a year-long series on the names of God. And if you'll look to, uh, to my right, to your left, out at the top left-hand corner of the sanctuary, you will see the God who is faithful. I like that word, faithful. When I'm looking to hire people, I like the word faithful. I'm not really interested too much in, in intelligence or IQ, although that's important, knowing that I have an IQ of over 600. Um, God is faithful today, and we're going to discover and we're going to have a, a, a takeaway, hopefully your takeaway today, the big idea today is that we can depend on God's faithfulness. How many know there's a lot of things that are not dependable? I was talking to an appliance repairman who came and fixed our washer, dishwasher. And he said, you know, the old adage, man, they don't make them like they used to. These things last like five years. When, you know, back in the day, you, know, you could count on your washer to be there for you know, 20, 25 years. Just, there's not much dependability anymore. Not much faithfulness. But as we worship and we sit in our uh, sanctuary and we are lifting our hands and worship and praise, we can look up to that sign that reminds us that God is faithful. I like what David Jeremiah says. He says, God is faithful. And that trumps all of our problems, our tears, our tragedies, and the very prospect of even death. God is faithful. It's uh, as the word uh, in the original language, El Haniam. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 7. I'm just going to read this to you. Now, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, he's a faithful God, keeping his covenant to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. If you take that original meaning, it actually means that God is the one who supports us. I love this definition. He's the one that props us up. Think about that. How many times in your life has God propped you up? Right? Like what a cup of coffee does to you in the morning. It, 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 it props you up. It is there to stabilize you. It is there to hold you. When God says, I am the faithful God, he says, I am there to hold you up, to support you, and to prop you up. I am the faithful God. God. Now we're going to go to we're going to go to Lamentations, and uh, this is an interesting book in the Bible. It was written by Jeremiah. Jeremiah's name means God will arise. God will come forth. God will be victorious. God will arise, and Jeremiah was called the the weeping prophet. Lamentations is a, is a story of how God 
ultimately proved his faithfulness to the children of Israel. Now, Jeremiah was weeping. Jeremiah was lamenting. Jeremiah was mourning. He was crying. He was wailing because Jerusalem or the people of Israel or the Jewish people had just been taken over by the Babylonians. And he was upset. He was wailing. He was lamenting. The children of God, the church of God, Jerusalem, was now overtaken by some ruthless rulers. And Jeremiah is writing about this in Lamentations. And in spite of what he saw, in spite of what he was experiencing, he knew that God would ultimately be faithful, but he was not in a good spot because he saw what the Babylonians were doing to the children of Israel, and he was lamenting. In fact, the first, if you're in Lamentations, go to Lamentations 1, verse 1. He says something very interesting that kind of kicks off this whole book. He says this, speaking of Jerusalem, speaking of the children of Israel, speaking of the Jewish people. How lonely sits the city that was once full of people. She has become like a widow who once was great among the nations. She was once a princess among the provinces who now has become a forced laborer. Hmm. So much potential. So much opportunity. And now Jeremiah writes in Lamentations, he writes, she once was the prized jewel and now she's a forced laborer. So the weeping prophet, Jeremiah, begins to lament. He begins to cry. He begins to mourn for what he has seen in the city of Jerusalem. And in spite of that, he knows that ultimately God is going to arise. So this is what I want you to do right now. If you're still with me, let me hear a big amen. Go to Lamentations chapter 3. Just move over one or two pages. And we're going to go to Lamentations chapter 3. And we're going to look and see how God is faithful. Because Jeremiah begins to write and he sees that there's a little bit of hope even in the midst of hopeless situations. Here's the first point I want you to take away today. That as we discover the faithfulness of God, God is faithful when we look at our mess. Now how many of you are here today and you came in with a little bit of a mess? Some issues, some problems with your mother-in-law or your outlaw or your, 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 your kids or you came in with a mess. And I want you to understand this, that even in the midst of our mess, God is always faithful. Look what Jeremiah says in verse 17 of chapter 3. I have been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction. I remember my wanderings. I remember the bitterness and the gall. I remember them well, and my soul is downcast within me. How many of you are getting blessed? That doesn't sound like a really good situation, does it? He's in a mess. And he's upset because the church, Jerusalem, the children of Israel are being 
taken captive, and the Babylonians are getting victory, and he says, I have no peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. My splendor is gone. All that I had hoped for from the Lord, I remember my affliction, my wanderings, my bitterness, and my gall. I remember all that was taking place, and my soul is downcast within me. I don't know if you're here today and you have a, a mess, but I've got some really good news for you today. In the midst of your mess, there is hope because God is faithful. I love what David Wilkerson said. He says, our faith is not meant to get us out of a hard place or change our painful condition. Rather, it is meant to reveal God's faithfulness to us in the midst of dire situations. I love what Edmund Cloney says. Trials should not surprise us or cause us to doubt God's faithfulness. Rather, we should actually be glad for them because God sends trials to strengthen our trust in him so that our faith will not fail. Our trials keep us trusting. They burn away our self-confidence and drive us to a savior. And in the midst of a mess, God is still faithful. Now, this is not meant to be a political statement, what I'm getting ready to say. And if I were you for the next two minutes, I would not say amen or oh me. I would just be completely silent because it could come back to get you. But I just started to look. I guess now that I'm 61, I'm just starting to see things just a little bit differently. But I kind of relate to Jeremiah's wailing and his crying and his weeping over the condition of America. The condition of our, our church. So this is not a political statement. This is, a, this is a, a spiritual observation. When I look at what's going on in the church, when I look at what's going on in America, I can relate to Jeremiah. I've got no peace. I'm downcast. I'm discouraged. I see all the stuff that's going on. And in the midst of all that mess, God is still going to be faithful. So I just wrote down just a couple of observations. We got conservatives fighting progressives. We got affordable health care issues. We got immigration crisis. Our environment, the federal deficit, race relations. There's still the threat of terrorism. We got wokeness. We got liberal theology creeping into the church. We've got our religious liberties being taken advantage of. We've got people trying to indoctrinate our children. Our government leaders are lacking trust and competency. You've got the Hunter Biden scandal. You've got the Trump indictments. You've got welfare reform. And the stock of Bud Light is crashing. That was supposed to be a joke. You got AI and UFOs, and you got the dilemma that we're faced with, do I see the Oppenheimer movie or the Barbie movie? <laughs> now, in the midst of this mess as a nation, we have to be convinced that in the midst of a mess for our nation and in our personal lives, that even in the midst of a mess, God is faithful. 
and he will arise. So whatever your mess looks like, God is faithful. He's faithful in the middle of depression or divorce. When you're facing turmoil or tragedy, he is faithful. When you're dealing with fear or faithlessness, God is faithful. When you're struggling with the past or the present, he is faithful. When you're wrestling with principalities or people, he's still faithful. When you're fighting either heartache or heartburn, God is faithful. And if you're battling sorrow or sickness, God is faithful. God is faithful in the midst of our mess. Can I get an amen? Number two, I love this one. God is faithful when we look at our past. Watch this. Jeremiah is depressed. Jeremiah is discouraged. Jeremiah is overwhelmed at what the Babylonians are doing to the church, but yet he stops for a moment and he pauses, watch this, and he looks back. He turns around and look what he says in verse 21. In the midst of my mess, watch this, yet I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. What did he do? Jeremiah looked back to his past, and he recalled the faithfulness of God in his past, and that filled him with hope in the midst of a messy time. See, I've always said this. In order for you to go forward, sometimes you've got to look back. Now, we are commanded not to camp out in the back. We are commanded not to live in the past, but every once in a while, Jeremiah reminds us that if you're going to move forward, you've got to look back. And when you look back, you will see the faithfulness of God. Can I get an amen? I promise you here today that if you will take a moment and look back, your past is littered with God's faithfulness. It's not going to take you long. You may go back a week. You may go back a month. You may go back a year. But your path is littered with the faithfulness of God if you will simply go back and remember what God did for you in your past. This was our discussion over dinner last night. We were having sushi. I love sushi. But I love the conversation. I went to Tammy, and I went to Allison, and I went to Austin, and myself. And my question is, tell me a time of when you saw God's faithfulness, and it was amazing. You know what happens when you hear stories of God's faithfulness? It fills you with hope to go forward. you got to look back in order to go forward. And what do we do over sushi? We stop for a moment, and we look back, and we saw that God was faithful. I want to tell you a couple stories. These are, these are in my book, Living Beyond Ordinary, a couple stories of God's faithfulness. We were running an operation down on Michigan, started a food bank from scratch 10 days before September 11th. We opened up 2001, and 11 days after we opened, September 11th took place, and we were absolutely overwhelmed with families who had lost their jobs. It was 2014, and we were feeding and assisting over 500 families every single day. Think about it, 500 families every single day. 
And one particular Monday, my staff came to me, and they all had that, that, that ghostly look on their face, and I knew something was wrong. They said, Pastor Scott, our food sources have dried up. We've only got a couple of days, and we're going to run out of food. And I became ghostly white as well when they told me that. I can point you, I can take you to the place where I was standing, and all I knew to do was to pray. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking 500 people are counting on us to be there and to provide food and to provide hope. And in my, in my heart, I was filled with fear. But in my spirit, I was filled with faith. And so I said, guys, I don't know what to do. Let's get on the phone. Let's make some calls. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. And I gathered about five or six of our, our staff together, and we joined hands in the middle of that warehouse. And I was so filled with fear. And I just simply said, God, I know you care for hungry people. I know you care for people that are struggling. I know you care for the, the people in Central Florida. Would you please help us? We need your help. God, help us, please, in Jesus' name. And God is my witness. As soon as I said amen and I went to my office and I came back out and there was a knock on the, uh, the door of the warehouse. We hadn't even opened yet. And I heard the knock again. And I thought, well, somebody's got to answer the door. So I went and answered the door in the warehouse. He knocked one more time. And as I opened that big bay door with the chain and the rattling noise, I opened it up. And there was a truck driver that was standing there with an 18-wheeler already backed up to our warehouse door. And he asked me a simple question. He says, Pastor George, I've got 19 pallets of food. Would you like me to unload that today? I didn't have to pray about it. Yes, sir, back it up. Great is thy faithfulness. And there is story after story after story. And if you will stop and look back, I guarantee you your past is littered with stories just like that. In 2014, I had developed now this, this confidence after seeing God come through, after seeing God be faithful year after year after year. 2014, the NBA lockout. Major news in Central Florida, the Orlando Magic are going to lay off 500 workers because of the NBA lockout. I had a problem with that. We got multi-billionaires and millionaire players boycotting, and it's the ticket takers and the concession stand workers that are getting fired. And so I said something. I didn't think about it. I just said it. When I saw the headlines in the Orlando Sentinel, 500 people are going to be laid off. We sent out a phone call and a press release, and we told the whole community and the Orlando Magic staff, we are going to take care of your Christmas and your Thanksgiving, you can come to us and we're going to be there for you. And I started calculating in my head. 500 people, Christmas gifts, turkeys, food. A few days later, unrelated, I opened up a letter from First Baptist Orlando that had donated to our charity $50,000. And with that $50,000, we were able to take care of over 500 employees. Why? Because God is faithful. And I promise you, if you'll just stop for a moment and, and stop concentrating on your mess 
and pause and look back, your past is littered with the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. Can I get an amen? Listen to this. The thoughtful believer recalls God's faithfulness in the past when confronted with any new threat. Part of spiritual maturity is a strong sense of one's own history. Hmm. I'm going to read that again. I don't think you got it. The thoughtful believer recalls God's faithfulness in the past when confronted by any new threat. Part of spiritual maturity is a strong sense of one's own history. How many of you are here today and you have seen God's faithfulness in the past? Can I see your hand? God is faithful. He's faithful in the midst of your mess. He's faithful in the midst of your past. And watch this, church. He is faithful in the midst of your future. Everyone say future. Look what Jeremiah says. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to my Lord, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, the one who seeks him. I love that phrase. His compassions, watch this, are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You know what today is? I know it's Sunday. It's a hot Sunday. But this is a historic Sunday in the life of this 110-year-old church. Today is the first Sunday that we are joining and a part of the Global Methodist Church. Yeah. Thank you, Carl. Carl got so blessed he stood up. Thank you. It's a big deal. I've been here 14 years. If you had told me at, at any point, there's going to come a time when you're going to have to raise $460,000 to get out of a liberal denomination, I would have said, I don't know. I might have had doubts. But because I've seen God's faithfulness in my past, you get a little bit more confident and you begin to see things a little bit differently. And today is the first Sunday. We officially joined August 1st, and now we are part of a conservative, orthodox, God-fearing, Bible-believing church. And church, we've got a bright future. I don't know how long we're going to be around, but maybe for the next 100 years, we're going to look back on this and say, Belle Isle Community Church stepped out in faith, believed that God was going to be faithful, did something that was impossible, and they stood for their beliefs, and they stood strong. And on this day, first day, it will be looked at from years in the future, and God will get all the glory and all the credit. Why? Because God is faithful. A hundred years ago, 
1923, a guy by the name of Thomas Chisholm was a, a Methodist pastor who loved God but was sick in body. In his, literally his entire adult life, he was sick. And he lived in, in, in poverty. Can you imagine that? A Methodist pastor living in poverty. Sick, struggling. He said this one day. I love this. He says, God has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care, which has filled me with astonishing gratefulness. And one day, after reading Lamentations chapter 3, he penned the words, Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness to me. A poor, sick, Methodist preacher in 1923 gave us a beautiful gift. And every time we sing that song, great is thy faithfulness, it reminds us in the midst of our mess, God is faithful in the mess. He's faithful in the past. He's faithful in the future. Morning by morning. You know what's going to happen tomorrow morning? Sun's going to rise. And it's going to be hot. But guess what? It's a new opportunity for God to reveal his mercies. They're new every morning. Look it up. It's on the wall. Great is thy faithfulness. And if God has been faithful to you in your past, he'll be faithful in your future. He is faithful. You can count on it.